Hello, Monetization Nation. According to Optin Monster, 72% of marketers say content marketing increases engagement. In addition, 72% say it has increased the number of leads. Content writing can be a great way to boost leads for our businesses. Today's episode, Josh Steinley and I discuss how he got into content writing and how he is helping others to do the same. Josh Steinley has generated more than $10 million in revenue from his businesses by authoring books and writing articles for publications like Forbes, Fortune, Time, Inc., Mashable, TechCrunch, and Entrepreneur. Josh created the Seven Systems of Influence. He wrote the book, Chief Marketing Officers at Work, which contains 29 interviews with chief marketing officers from organizations such as GE, Harvard Business School, Spotify, Target, and PayPal. He won the BYU Business Plan Competition in 2001, the same competition that helped me start my first business in 1997. He was also named Young Entrepreneur of the Year in 2002 by the Utah Small Business Association. Tectonic shifts are constantly transforming the earth and business, causing destruction and huge growth opportunities. I'm Nathan William, the host of Monetization Nation, where we learn how to leverage business tectonic shifts to transform monetization. I'm joined here today with Josh Steinley. He's He is an author, speaker, and entrepreneur. He's generated more than $10 million in revenue from his businesses by building a thought leadership system that includes books, speaking appearances, and more than 300 articles and publications such as Fortune, Time, Forbes, Inc., Mashable, TechCrunch, and Entrepreneur. Josh is the creator of the Seven Systems of Influence, which is a framework used by parents, educators, um, business and community leaders to build influence and increase impact. And I'm super excited to talk to Josh about these seven systems of influence today. Josh is also the author of the book, Chief Marketing Officers at Work, um, which contains 29 interviews with chief marketing officers from organizations like GE, Harvard Business School, Spotify, Target, and PayPal. His book was recognized in Success Magazine as one of the five best business books of 2016. Josh is a TEDx speaker. He and I have a lot in common. Um, he served his mission in Brazil, like I did. Um, he's passionate about Brazilian people and Portuguese, like I am. He's a trail runner. Um, I also love to trail run. I'm sure he's much better at it than I. Uh, but one of the coolest things he and I have in common is that he won the BYU business plan competition in 2001. And I won that same business plan competition that helped me start my first business in 1997. Uh, he was also named Young Entrepreneur of the Year in 2002 by the Utah chapter of the Small Business Association. And those are just a few of the enormous list of, of uh, awards and recognition and achievements uh, that Josh has received. You're really in for a treat in today's interview. Thanks for joining us today, Josh. Thanks, Nathan, for having me on. I'm excited to be here. So on our show, we talk a lot about connecting with our customers through passions. That's one of the first principles we teach. So we would like to connect with you through your passion and let you connect with our, our listeners and, and watchers through your passions. Can you tell us something that you are passionate about? Well, I'm passionate about influence. I mean, that's where these seven systems of influence came from. But where that all started was that I thought 
you know, I've learned something over the years about how to do marketing and thought leadership and how to get the word out there about whatever it is I care about. And I believe that most people in the world are good people. So that's when I started to think, what if I could help more people to get their message out there? That would make the world a better place. Maybe I can't do it on my own, but if I can mobilize a bunch of people to become more influential by writing books or being active on social media or getting the word out there through all sorts of different means and methods, then that's the way that I can help make the world a better place. So that's my passion is influence, but helping other people to be influential. That's great. That's a great passion and, and one that can really help a lot of people be very successful. And you've definitely helped a lot of people be very successful over the years. Okay, before we go into your seven systems of influence, I would love you to tell us about your entrepreneurial journey. Just tell us the story. Sure. So I won't go back to when I was like five years old and recycling paper cans and newspapers and stuff, but suffice it to say, entrepreneurship for me started at home. It started at a young age. My parents were very supportive of my random ideas for how to make money. And I was always trying to figure out ways to make money on my own, whether it was selling skateboard goods while I was in high school or selling candy at the school to compete with the vending machines. But I didn't realize that entrepreneurship was a thing that you could study and focus on until I was in my 20s. Uh, I always planned on being an artist because I knew how to draw pictures. And I thought, well, this is about the only thing I'm good at. So I guess I'm going to be an artist. And then after my first year of college studying art classes, I found out about business. And I just, I don't know how I was this ignorant, but I didn't know that business was something that you could study at college. And when I found that out, I thought, well, this is what I was doing as a kid. This is what I was doing, starting these businesses. But I thought people just did this. I didn't know you could study this. And so I immediately switched over into business from art and started studying business. And I realized, okay, I need to know a bit about technology because the internet was coming out and I could see that that was the future. And as I got more into the business world, I realized this is what I want to do. I want to start businesses. And so it wasn't too much time that I had working for other companies during the dot-com boom until I realized I've got to go start my own business. And so I quit my last full-time job in 1999 and I started my web design firm, my marketing agency, and that was it. That's the last real job I ever had was the one right before that one. And how did that go? How did that feel making that, that leap from full-time to, to entrepreneur? Well, the problem with entrepreneurs is that we have a high tolerance for risk and a low sense of reality, perhaps. <laughs> and so I thought, oh, I'm going to start a business. This is going to be great. And I'm going to make a lot of money and everything's going to be awesome. And I had no clue what I was doing. So I started selling websites, except nobody was buying. And I didn't know how to sell. And I didn't even know how to talk to people. I just thought, hey, if I set up a website and I tell people that I do websites, that I can do website design, then I'll make a bunch of money. And I just, I mean, this is before Google. So this is before search engine optimization and all that. 
And I just had no clue what I was doing. In fact, the first client I got was from a telemarketing call of somebody calling me and trying to sell me something. And I said, oh man, I'm broke. Like I have no money. He's like, well, what do you do? I was like, well, I design websites, but I just quit my job and I haven't been able to land a single client. And the telemarketer says, oh, my brother needs a website. Let me connect you with him. Oh, wow. And that's how I got my first client was from a telemarketer calling me. So uh, things went very badly at first, but then it kind of picked up and I survived. I mean, I was a college student, so I didn't need to make that much money to be okay. But that's how I started my business doing websites. And then it ended up moving into more of the marketing side of things where we did search engine optimization and paid ads and all that. And that agency became MWI, which is still an agency that I'm the majority or not majority, but I'm the largest shareholder in. And uh, it's still up and running today. We have offices in Hong Kong and in the US and it's still there and kicking, but I don't run it anymore. I have partners that have come in and run it better than I ever did. And then from there, where'd you go after that agency? Well, in 2013, I reached a point with MWI where it was, it was one of these down spots. And for a lot of entrepreneurs, they'll understand this, that business is up and down all the time. It's a roller coaster. And half the time you think, this is incredible. I'm about to be rich. And then half the time you're like, I'm broke. I'm going to go out of business. And during one of those points where I thought I was going to go out of business, two things happened that changed the entire trajectory of the business, but also of my life. And one of those was I brought in a business partner after not having a business partner for 10 years. And he was good at sales, which was what I was not very good at. And the other thing was I got the opportunity to write for Forbes magazine. And up until this point, I had never thought of myself as a writer. But when this opportunity got dropped in my lap, I thought, I've got to do this. I've got to try this out. And I had done a lot of blogging. I had written a thousand blog posts before this, but I still didn't think of myself as a writer. And so when I started writing for Forbes, all of a sudden people cared what I had to say. Even though I had done all this blogging before, nobody was listening. But when I did the same writing and it was published on Forbes, all of a sudden people cared because it was on Forbes. And so as I began writing for Forbes, we started to get leads coming into the agency and people started calling us up and saying, Hey, I read your article in Forbes and I like what you were saying about marketing and we'd love to hire your agency to do work for us. And I thought, well, this is great. I'm getting customers and I'm not having to go out and figure out where they are. They're coming to me through this writing that I'm doing. So the attention that I got from Forbes started to grow the business. And then I thought, you know, I should diversify a little bit. I should not have all my eggs in the Forbes basket. And so I started branching out and seeing if I could write for other publications. And I got into Entrepreneur and I got into Fortune and Mashable and TechCrunch and Time and Business Insider and all these different publications. And I ended up writing hundreds of articles for about two dozen business publications. And I realized I really like this. I love writing. This is a lot of fun and it's generating real money for my business. And it led to the book deal for my first book for chief marketing officers at work. It led to speaking engagements around the world. So I saw all this growth come out of 
me creating this content and having somebody on the back end who could take that attention and turn it into business, that being my business partner. And so I was having fun doing this and my business partner was running more and more of the business. And then people started coming to me and asking, Hey, how did you do this? How did you create this content that's generating this attention for your business and generating money for you? And so I started coaching people and giving advice on how to build up a personal brand and how to engage in thought leadership and create thought leadership content. And that kind of filled this void I had when I wasn't running my agency full-time anymore and became what I'm still focusing on to this day, which is helping people to become more influential and use that influence to do good things. So that's the story in a nutshell. That's a pretty cool story. Uh, out of curiosity, of all those different publications that you've written for, hundreds of articles, uh, which ones have been the best at sending you business? Which ones have generated the most quality leads for you? 100% Forbes has been the best. Uh, in fact, it was interesting because at one point I thought I had written one article for Forbes that had really generated a lot of business. I mean, millions of dollars of revenue from a single article I wrote on Forbes. So naturally, having access to these other publications, I thought, well, I should write the same type of article for these other publications. I mean, not the same article, but the same type of article, because I knew what had worked on Forbes and why that article had generated so, so much business. So I thought, I just need to write the same type of thing for these other places. So I did. I wrote, rewrote that article, published it on Entrepreneur, published it in other places, and nothing happened. We got no leads from it. And I'm thinking, how is this possible that we generated millions of dollars of revenue from this article on Forbes and zero from entrepreneur and other places when it's pretty much the same article. And what I learned from that experience is that our audience was not hanging out on those other pub publications. Our audience was on Forbes. Our audience was not on entrepreneur. And so it didn't matter if I had the same article over there because the audience wasn't there. And so it wasn't generating the same results. So Forbes ended up being by far the publication where I was able to get the most results. Okay. Of all of the clients you've worked with, tell us a little bit about um, the best home run that you've ever hit for one of your clients or, or one of your own businesses. What's, what's the best home run you've hit in your business career? Ah, shoot. That's a good question. Um, and in fact, my partner would probably be a better one to answer this question now. Um, and it, it's, it's, it's funny because I don't think about the most satisfying moments in my business career as like financial home runs for myself or for my clients. If you asked me like, what have been the biggest, most important, most satisfying moments in your business career, it always goes back to an individual and something that happened, something I was able to do or something that we did through the business that changed that person's life so that they came back and said, I'm a different person or my life has improved because of working at this business, because of what you guys did for me um, through the agency. Like those are the things that stand out. Cause I'm like, wow, like their life changed 
because of something we did. And it wasn't necessarily that we made them a bunch of money, but it might've been just that it changed their perspective on something. And those are the moments that come back to me. And I think, wow, well, that really makes it all worth it. Yeah, for sure. And share with me an example of one or two, one or two of those type of situations. Yeah. Well, with the new venture that I'm working on right now, which is this published author program where I'm helping entrepreneurs to write books and publish books to grow their businesses. I had one of my uh, students come the other day and he said, I'm going through your workbook and I'm working through everything. And he said, I'm, I'm not going to write the book that I was going to write. And I thought, oh, that's kind of a bummer because he was all excited about this book and he came into the program and he's all ready to write it. And then he's like, yeah, I'm not going to write that book anymore. I'm like, oh, well, what happened? He's like, well, I went through your workbook and I realized I don't even like this business that I'm in. I'm going to go change my career and I'm going to start something entirely different than what I thought I was going to do. And I thought, wow, really? Like you're going through this program on how to write a book and you're telling me that it just changed the rest of your life because you're going to go get a different career from the one that you have right now. Like that's a pretty big deal to change your career because of a book publishing, book writing program that you went through. And I thought, wow, like that's amazing. I mean, there's some real power there. And that's the type of stuff that I look at. And I think that really matters. If I made somebody a million dollars, yeah, that matters too. But if I've done something that has helped them to see their life differently and make a different choice about the career that they want to have, that's life-changing. And there's so much more satisfaction in that. Certainly. Can you tell me a little bit more about this program that you, you put these prospective authors through? What do you do for them? So we make it easy for an entrepreneur to publish a book and publish a book that isn't just a feel-good project, but it's a book that's going to generate an ROI for them, that they're going to be able to use as a marketing tool to grow their business. And we want them to write a meaningful book, a book that's going to help people and it's going to make a difference. But we also want them to look at that book and say, hey, this is helping my business. This is the best marketing tool that we've ever had as opposed to, gee, I spent a lot of money on that book and it makes me feel good, but I'm not sure how we justify this. So we try to make it justifiable from a financial standpoint, but also something that they can look at and say, this is my legacy. This is something that is changing lives and helping people. And so we walk them through that process and we make it easy because a lot of people want to publish a book, but they have no idea where to start. They get bogged down in the middle. They don't know how to wrap things up and finish it and actually get it published and out there. And so this is a coaching group or a coaching service where we just take them from A to Z and we make everything super easy by just saying, you do this next and then you do this and then you do this and go here and talk to this person, do this. And we just walk them through it, it every step of the way. And we have different levels. So we have a large group that's more affordable for people and we have a mid-tier group. And then I do some one-on-one -on -one coaching with people as well. Can you give me an idea of what that costs? Yeah. So we actually have free options. I mean, I've got my own published author podcast that people can listen to for free and get a lot of information out of that. But our uh, larger group that people join, we've got about 60 people in this group. That one's $6,000 for a 12-month program. So it's a 12-month program, write your book during these 12 months. We'll help you, help you every step of the way 
from writing it to publishing it. And then we have a million dollar mastermind, which is people who are running businesses that are doing at least a million dollars a year in revenue. And that's more of a smaller intimate group where we meet on zoom every week and we do Q and a, and we talk to each individual in each individual and hold everybody accountable and talk about where everybody's at in their process. And that one's a little bit more expensive. We're charging 30 grand for a 12 month program for that. And then the one-on-one coaching starts at 5,000 a month. And then there's all sorts of add-on services and the individual coaching one. That's the one where I'm working mostly with CEOs or founders of fairly large companies who they, they've got the money, but they have no time to get stuff done. And they need somebody to just tell them every step of the way, here's what we need to do. And then they just say, okay, can you get that done for me? And I say, yep, we can get this done for you. And we get it. So done you provide the ghostwriting services as well. To help them yeah. So we'll them. connect them with ghostwriters. We don't do ghostwriting in house, but I have relationships with ghostwriters. So we'll say, okay, you need a ghostwriter. That's the only way you're getting this book done. And here's the person that you should probably work with because they're a good fit for you. And so we'll connect them with the right ghostwriters. It's kind of a concierge service. We're telling them what to do, but we're also connecting them with all the resources to get it done. Cool. Can you tell us any of the clients you've worked with yet? Have you had any that have, I I know it's relatively new. Um, Have you had any that have come out that have, have hit some home runs with their books yet? Actually, I just got this book from one of my clients. It just came out last week. This is Sellership by Ben Ward. And Ben Ward started in our program, the Million Dollar Mastermind, six months ago. And he had no idea. Well, actually, he had a lot of ideas for different books he wanted to write. But he had no idea that this was the book that he was actually going to write and publish first. So he just got this done. He's got the foreword by Brian Tracy, anybody who loves Brian Tracy books. uh, He wrote the foreword for this book. And so this is a book all about how to make the transition from being a great salesperson to a great sales leader, because leadership and sales are two different skills. And yet everybody who's great at sales ends up getting promoted into leadership. So this is a book about how to make that leap. So this is, we launched all our programs in July. This is actually the first book from one of our students to come out. So I'm pretty excited about this one because it's the first like concrete thing I can hold in my hands and say, wow, if I hadn't started this program, this book wouldn't exist. There's a lot of good feels in that. So how many words and how many pages do you think a good business uh, nonfiction book should be? There's no rule on how many pages. I mean, there are standards and there are averages. Most business books are around 200 pages or so, but there are a lot of fantastic business books that are under a hundred pages and are really short. And in fact, short books is becoming kind of a new thing. There are some companies out there that are publishers that specialize in books that you can read when you're on a plane flight or something. So you know that if you start this book, when you take off, you'll have it finished by the time you land. And so some of these books might be 30, 40, 50 pages, but they're cramming a lot of information and the valuable stuff into those few pages. And of course, there are longer business books out there or nonfiction books out there too. Uh, There's no magic formula to how many pages a book should be. But generally what we say in our course is that you're probably going to shoot for somewhere between 150 and 200 pages is probably going to be a natural point at which you say, I'm getting my point across. 
with enough detail that it makes sense. And I'm not going on so long that I'm boring anybody. So that's usually where books end up. And how many words is 200 pages roughly? If you're looking between uh, 50 to 80,000 words, that's where your business book is probably going to fall in. But as, as far as um, exact words and words, word count per page and all that stuff, uh, again, it doesn't really matter so much because some people will say, oh, everybody has a short attention span. So I'm going to include fewer words or fewer pages in my book because people don't pay attention anyway. But the fact is that people will pay attention to any content that's good. And if it's good, they generally want more of it. And that's why kids read Harry Potter and all these other huge books is because it's great content and they want more of it. And so you can give even a kid a huge, huge book and they'll tear it up. They'll devour it because it's great content. If a book is boring, it's not really that it's too long. It's just that it's too boring and the content needs to be written better. Thank you so much, Josh, for sharing your stories and knowledge with us today. Here are some of my key takeaways from this episode. One, we shouldn't be afraid to make changes in our lives to help us get where we want to be. Number two, we can use good content to help us generate leads for our business. Number three, if we are writing for other publications, make sure their audience matches ours so we receive good leads. Number four, the length of a book often doesn't matter as long as the content is valuable and well-written. If you enjoyed this interview and want to connect with Josh or his business, you can find him on LinkedIn or visit publishedauthor.com and we'll, we will add links to both of those sites uh, in the blog for this episode. Did you like today's episode? Then please follow these channels to receive free digital monetization content. Number one, you can get a free monetization assessment for your business or subscribe to the free monetization e-magazine at monetizationnation.com. Number two, you can subscribe to the Monetization Nation YouTube channel or podcast. Number three, uh, please follow Monetization Nation on Instagram and Twitter. How have you used content to help grow your business? Please join our private Monetization Nation Facebook group and share your insights with other digital monetizers. Thank you for joining us for this episode and best wishes on your monetization efforts. Do you want to become a better digital monetizer? To receive great monetization stories and secrets, please go to monetizationnation.com and join free. And if you liked today's episode, please subscribe to the show and share it.